Okay, this is an oldie but goodie from season two of Clit Talk. When we had Marla Mervis Hartman from Love Your Body, Love Yourself come in and school us on how to love our bodies and love ourselves just the way we are. And for our OG Clitorati, when we originally released this, it was a part one and part two. And in this episode, you get both parts together. You're welcome. Body shame. I don't know one woman or man for that matter who has never experienced this at one point or another in their life. I dare say most people, including myself, deal with these limiting behaviors on the daily. It's that little voice that says, shit, I shouldn't have eaten that ice cream or turn off the lights before I take my clothes off. It's no secret that being ashamed of our body, including our pussies, has a ripple effect of negative habits that can sometimes turn into violent circumstances. So today, us clits in the studio are coming together in sisterhood to shed another layer of shame around our bodies and have an incredible, powerful woman who's going to lead us through it. We welcome you, our loving clitorati, to join us in surrender. That's going to be the word of this episode is surrender. This wonderful woman is a well-known TED Talk speaker, a coach, a Reiki master, a Tantra teacher, a mother, a wife, a former body and food obsessor, and the leading body image expert at Journey Malibu and creator of Love Your Body, Love Yourself. Please welcome Marla Mervis Hartman. (laughs) All right. Oh my gosh. We are so excited to have you in the studio with all of us today. And I really wanted, we really wanted to talk to you about There's one thing that you talk about pairing body image to sexuality. In your experience, how do you see people using negative body image as a way to shut down their sexuality and intimacy? Right. So when we don't like our body, we can just completely shut that aspect of ourselves down, right? So if we're not, how can we show up sexually if we're not even in our bodies, not connected to our bodies, not loving our bodies. That whole, all of sexuality completely shuts down. And then also what I have seen is, is those who use negative body image as an excuse to actually connect deeper with their partners. So they may be having sex. They may be really like you know, at the beginning of a relationship where you're just kind of really connected and you're feeling really sexy and you're feeling really alive and like, and then as you get deeper, deeper into the relationship, there's more intimacy, there's more layers, there's more vulnerability that sh- that happens. So that's when I've seen so many women shutting down and being like, oh, don't touch me. I feel really uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable in my body. But really, it's not about their body. It's actually about their fear of being emotionally vulnerable, emotionally naked. I can say I'm Crystal. Nice to meet you. So I can say that as somebody who I've questioned if weight I've put on from having an accident and having and then being inactive and medicine, variety of reasons you put weight on. I haven't been in a serious relationship for quite a few years, and I've definitely attributed it to that in some regard. And do you deal with that much? Do you see that a lot? With oh people? yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I mean, just to ask you a question around that, I mean, is there a level of you not wanting to show up and be seen because of the weight? There are times, yeah. And I've had a lover off and on for quite a few years mm-hmm. that I feel pretty comfortable around him, but there are times I can tell a difference. Like there's times he'll be in town and I won't sleep with him because I'm like, mm, no, I don't feel comfortable and I'll blame it on something else. But it's, I know what I'm really thinking. Exactly. So, and there's exactly insecurities around it. And about. I'm a confident woman. So to have that be the case bothers me. Well, there's, you know, there's confidence in our life and then there's confidence with our bodies and then there's confidence with our body and sexuality, right? So often women can like, if they're uncomfortable with their bodies, they can just go into a lot of sex in order to get attention, right? Because they will get it, right? If they just want to like be overly sexual to be like, I'm worthy, I'm worthy. And then the opposite can happen, right? Where we're really hiding. And, you know, it's interesting too, because you're just probably not feeling like yourself. So you're just feeling like out of alignment with who you actually think you are. And it's getting in touch with that vulnerability and that part of you that's like, well, this is me right now. And can I allow myself to feel beautiful? Can I allow myself to feel sexual? Can I allow my feel, myself to feel sensual in the body that I am and not wait? We don't want to wait to enjoy pleasure in our lives and our, and our pussies because we're supposed to look a certain way. Like, it's pretty crazy. Well, and the supposed to look a certain way is not just external, but internal. Like you have a vision of yourself and you expect it to be a certain way. It's not just the societal expectation. I think that's almost the hardest one. Yes, it is. When the external society matches the internal. And I would just want to question and say, okay, but can we let go of all that? And when we're in the bedroom, can we say in this moment, I allow myself to have pleasure? Like, it, does pleasure, are we only worthy of pleasure if we have the right size body? You know, what's interesting, too, is, is I have found throughout my life, I've been anywhere from a size 2 to a size 10. And I've always been attracted to the same size man, a man who's fit. They've, they've never had a problem with my body. They're happy to just have a naked woman in front of them. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm all in my head about it. And they're like, yeah, let's do this. So it's so, it's like we drive ourselves crazy. And even knowing that I still have insecurities, but I've noticed like no matter what size I've been, the men typically don't have a problem or whoever, or or the girl or whoever your partner is. And I notice myself because I'm attracted to both men and women. When I'm attracted to other women, I'm not thinking about her flaws. So even when I'm looking at other women's bodies, I'm like, oh, she's curvy and she's rocking it and it looks awesome. But I wouldn't, I would like feel so bad about my, like for some reason there's this disconnect. It's like, I know it's beautiful on others, but when it comes to me, there's this thing, this like elusive image that I'm trying to like be. Yeah, I, um, can totally relate to that. When I was dating my husband, uh, he's a really gorgeous man. Like he's like he has muscles and he's he's stunning. Like he's 
is just a body like, oh my God. And when I was dating him. Good for you, girl. I know. I really never thought I'd marry a man that looks like, sometimes I'm walking around my house and I'm like, I can't believe like I'm married to you. You're like so hot. It's so funny. They need people too. <laughs> they do. But what's interesting about it is like when I first started when I was first dating him I'm like well he's definitely wants us like I I need to be skinnier like mm-hmm. he probably doesn't like my body and one of the pivotal moments in my life that shifted my relationship with my body was in this moment he and I were walking down the street and he puts his arm right here like on my ribs and he touches it and he goes oh that's so soft that wasn't there before. And I, I, I literally feel like it was like the record screeching. First off, I'm like, he just told me that I gained weight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what? And then you like it? Like, I honestly did not know what to do that with that information. Like, I literally feel like, like in that moment, like my neuro pathways in my brain were like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> And then I realized he likes women with more flesh. And even just the other day, he's like, can you eat? I want more to grab. I want more flesh. And I, and I question all of us women, like, needing, wanting these bodies that are so small that, you know, I mean, I'm heterosexual, so I think of it in, like, as, as men. But it's like, who are we being thin for? Right? Yeah. Did you guys have a conversation about that in that moment? Or this was a personal experience? Like, I mean, personal afterwards, thinking? I mean, because I couldn't even, I really, it took me a really long time to process that. Like, I did not know what to do with that information for like a really long time. I was like calling friends, processing it, journaling about it. Like, I, it was huge for me. It was a really big moment in me being like, oh, maybe I'm allowed to be the size that I am. I mean, do you do you have any, I guess, like theories on where this women need like us wanting to be so thin comes from in your experience? Well, I think women's bodies are beautiful. So I think it's I think it's come from a very innocent like projection of women's bodies and adoring them. But then it's just turned on itself. And society is just made us into objects and I I honestly don't know what I would have done if I grew up in this time where there's so much social media and there's so many images like just bombarded with all of these images about us needing to be a certain size yeah it's it's so interesting too and I'm not even sure at this point in time if it is exactly thin that is the ideal because if you look at Kim Kardashian who continues to claim that she doesn't do any body modification, <laughs> that sure. that ass of hers, God bless her, that is not natural what she's got going on there. And so it's just like 
bigger, 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 kind of like in the 80s when it was like the breasts were bigger, bigger, bigger until it was almost cartoonish. And now we have that happening with women's asses, which when you have a Latina or an African-American woman, it makes sense. <laughs> but it there's women who are actually doing surgeries to themselves, doing injections to themselves to create curves where curves didn't exist. And I, I've even, I'm, I'm part Asian myself and I really have always noticed Asian women, Asian women's bodies. And I've definitely seen women walking around who have clearly modified their ass so that they don't look how they were born. And so it's interesting to see that it's 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 like thin in the right places. Right. So it's not even just thin. It's thin at the little tiny waist and then it's like the big boobs and a big butt and all that kind of stuff. And I just, for me, I'm a, a 34A uh, cup size. And and then I have this kind of juicy ass for you listeners out there who may her, not know her, this. Her titties are super perky. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and it's interesting because I've had this hang up about my my breasts since I was really really young, and it's it's been actually through we say it's an internal thing, but it's actually been through men that I've healed that, and it's through you know a man was the first person who shamed me about my breasts. And the men since then are the ones who have healed me around that shaming. And I also have an Adonis that I live with. And I can't, I mean, it looks like an underwear ad is walking around my house. <laughs> it's <laughs> bananas. And uh, and he's like, God, I love your breasts. I love your breasts. He was telling me earlier today. I was like, I love you forever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's like an inside and an outside job, you know? Yeah, well, you manifested that reflection. It's like it was time to heal that. And so you found this beautiful man to just reflect what is the truth, really. I really resonated with what you had to say about turning off your sexuality to avoid intimacy. I um, have really struggled with that my entire life and I never knew it until I started doing this show. And um but I never used to like to have sex. And I just thought like some women just don't like to, but I was just totally not in touch with myself. And but when I really came down to it, I was not comfortable being vulnerable with my husband. And we had, you know, we've been together for almost so, um, but that was like a huge thing. It took like an injury and like all this stuff where I needed to be taken care of and like I couldn't take care of myself. So what advice do you have for couples or anyone who's, who's dealing with that to help them like get over that curve or have that realization? Because it's such a deep rooted thing of trust, I think. And I was a competitive gymnast for 12 years growing up. So I definitely have like body image issues. But this was like different. It was like, I didn't want to be, I didn't like to be touched. and I didn't enjoy sex. And, um, and I really didn't like being intimate in public at all. And, um, so, and I never masturbated either. So I, no one ever talked to me about it. So, um, so I've definitely done like a 180 in this last year and it's made such a big right. difference. 
um, to the point where I'm pregnant now. <laughs> and I have a whole another line of body image issues. That's <laughs> we can do another episode about that. I, I have lots to talk about. <laughs> but, lots to talk about. Yeah, but that, that idea of like you turn off your sexuality and like I just thought that I didn't like sex, but really I just didn't wasn't comfortable being vulnerable with the person that I like trust the most. And that was a really interesting thing for me to realize. Well, I think it's really brave and courageous of you. And I think that's the first, you know, the the first thing that needs to be said is is knowing that if you're shutting off your sexuality, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, right? It just means there's an inquiry about it. And it doesn't, so it's not like, oh, I must not like sex. It's like, oh, why am I doing that? What is this actually about? So there's really the pause there. And then there's the opportunity to like feel actually feel into the body and feel into what the what you're feeling, like actually feeling like emotionally, like what is going on? Oh, I, w- I want to retreat. Oh, I want to pull back. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, I mean, it's physical. It's a physical reaction, but that's that's trauma. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we think of trauma, I don't mean that in a big sense, but it, it's really like going deeper and like what actually happened early on to even bring that like mistrust in someone. Yeah. Right. N- mistrust with someone that you love, mistrust with, you know, and mistrust with yourself. Yeah. Right. So I think it always starts with self. Mm-hmm. And so just getting curious. And I love that you've found yourself and your relationship through doing this work. I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah. Like, just dive into sexual- sexuality. Dive into, like, the study of it. Feel your body. And it has to be slow, though. Mm-hmm. It can't be, like, all of a sudden you're just going to break through it. It has to be, like, as a woman, like, we need to, like, soften those layers. Right. Well, and I still struggle with it, like especially these last few weeks. I've been really busy and I'm working on like a really incredible passion project that I've been putting together. And the more I can put my focus on something else, the less like I want to be involved in my intimate relationship where like I it just totally turns off for me where I don't even have any urges. Um, so I'm actually dealing with that right now. Like I'm just realizing that as you're saying that, like, yeah, I'm still doing it. Um, when I when I get really busy and um, well, that's normal. Yeah. You just have your creative juices are going into a project right. instead of your husband, mm-hmm. and then your creative juices are all going to be into this baby when it starts, you know, getting. So how bigger. do you keep it fresh then? Like, do you have any tools to like keep it <laughs> alive? Like when because I am going to have a baby and that is going to change our lives, and it it is going to be a, like totally different. I don't want to call it a distraction, but it is, you know, less time for us together. Um, so do you, yeah, yeah. I would, I would be curious to hear what, what are some of the tools that you use with your clients? Uh, like, like for someone like Katie or like all the things we've been talking about. Well, I think women need to understand that there is the process that happens when you're, when you have a baby, like the hormone, your hormones are now instead going towards the man, they're going towards the baby. That's normal. What happens in in this world of sexuality and this world 
of pressure on women to be everything. I'm supposed to be an amazing mom. I'm supposed to be able to breastfeed. I'm supposed to now be able to, you know, not be tired and still be able to have a sex with my husband. And have a career. And have a career. (laughs) Like, for the love of God, can you just, can we have a moment with our bodies to have it just focused on this baby? Where maybe it's just okay. If we're in a relationship for the long haul, which I believe you are, there are going to be moments where you're going to be, your creative juices are going to go towards a project. Your creative juices are going to go towards sex, right? Your creative juices are going to go towards your baby. And so I... I think first off is just acknowledging that and acknowledging that there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how it was made to be, right? And the men in some, you know, societies, they went away. They were gone for like months, you know, and then they would come back. And it's like, oh, okay, now I'm ready for you, right? Like yeah. the women are doing their thing. So I think the first thing is to not have pressure and not feel like, oh my gosh, here it is again. I'm doing that thing I, I've been doing before. Like, no, you're just, you're just living your life and you're always going to have opportunities to notice where you're not wanting to be vulnerable or intimate. Like we all do that. We're all, we all have those moments in our relationships and, you know, sexually, right? And it's just going to be something that you're going to need to like, just be aware of and maybe dive in a little bit deeper. Thank you. You're welcome. You talk a lot about, and I'm even, as I'm, I know our listeners can't see you, but you're so embodied, which is a term I learned recently, <laughs> but you're really, you're really embodied and, um, and I'm really just present to how the work that you do really is, it's a healing for a lot of these women and the different, I, I'm going to use the word traumas that we've had that have caused our different, you know, belief systems about our bodies and everything. Are there any um, stories you can tell us or like specific things that maybe our listeners can take home something with them from this episode to to heal themselves a little bit? Any like specific techniques or anything? I would say what you all are sharing here has been great because you're talking about pleasure. And what happens when we're hating on our bodies, when we're using food— when we've shut down our cues and our bodies, we're not listening to our hunger cues, we're not listening to stop exercising or exercise, right? Or we're just moving our bodies in this like, I got to go, I got to do. We've shut down our body, we're not listening, and we're literally following pain. Pain is like the vehicle, right? It's the willpower. It's the no pain, no gain. In order to be in the body that we're going to be, that I want to be in, then, you know, I need to like keep doing it, right? And we completely disconnect from ourselves, from our body. And what I've had to learn, and I've always been really physical and I've always been like a dancer and a mover, but I, I wasn't listening to my body. So what I had to train myself was to listen and trust it. How do you do that? That's like, I'm struggling with that so much right now. Like, because I realize when I have sex, I'm pretty much almost 100% in my head. And I'm not in my body. Like, we talk so much in the studio about, listen to your pussy. I never fucking ask my pussy anything. Like, really? Like, I'm so not in my body. And it's so frustrating. Breath. And a very, there's a tantric breath that I love to share. 
and I love to do when I get into that place with sex. And I'll explain it for, for the listeners, and I'll show you ladies. You pucker your lips, and you breathe in. And then on the exhale, it's just like a... But it's really, it's just like you're fanning, um, you're like blowing on a, on a mirror, like just a, it's not forced at all. So really puckering. And just stay connected with that. Close your eyes. And then keep doing it while I'm talking to you. So breathing in. And so this is a circular breath. So one of the reasons we get turned on when we kiss is because our our lips, or our upper lips, right? They connect to our lower lips. Our, our um, sacral chakra is connected to our throat chakra. And so this literally creates a circular energy from the yoni up. And it goes in a circle. Can you feel your yoni when we're doing that? Yes, I actually It's amazing, right? Right? Yeah. (laughs) And so this will get you deeply connected. And you can do this. You can move your body. And what is lovely is you can do this when you're having sex. I mean, you don't want to be like... (sighs) (laughs) But what I've done is like... You know In this doggy I mean, style, you can do it. I mean, you can. <laughs> Matt's going to be like, what are you doing? Breathing. Just keep doing keep it. Keep doing it. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but you can still do it non, like really nonchalantly or if you have your arm around your partner and you can just... And it starts to connect you down here again. So That's it brings great. you from here down into your pussy. Mm. Does it make sense to also practice it outside of the bedroom, connecting with your body? Oh, yes. So definitely. not just the breathing, but <clears throat> testing out, um, I want to say your intuition. That's what keeps coming to mind. Yeah. And when you're self-pleasuring, I would say start there and do it there. Or just when you're driving. Well, maybe not driving. (laughs) But just somewhere, you know, where you're connecting to yourself. Because it is about yourself. It's not not about connecting to your partner. It's about igniting your own body so that you then can connect to your partner. One thing that I wanted to touch on this is sugar. I'm uh, 25 now. Or by the time this episode comes out, I probably will be. I'm 24, but by the time it does... It'll probably be 25. And I grew up in Calabasas, so I literally went to high school with, like, Kylie Jenner. And she came to a party at my house one time. So the image for me was really, like, thigh gap, first of all. Like, it was all about the thigh gap. I did not have a thigh gap. I was a tennis player, and I'm, like, I definitely ate bagels almost every morning. So, like, I, I, but I was pretty confident until I was sexually active and realized, like, oh, I don't have a thigh gap. Like, I'm not Kylie Jenner, you know, I'm not Chloe. I'm not this cheerleader girl. And I had a boyfriend, so I was able to kind of get that, oh, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worthy from there. Because um, he loved my body. But I still was deeply, like, ashamed of it. And every morning, like, I would just, like, be, like, rushing out because I was obsessing over what to wear, what would make me look the thinnest. And reversely, going to college, I ended up tr- falling into eating disorders of throwing up, 
um, uh, like eating whatever I want and just throwing it up to like having only spinach for a week because there's like a really great party in South Beach. And like I um, and then I'll eat like I'll eat Sunday morning when I'm hungover and eat like one meal a week. That's not spinach. Um, and now I'm married and I completely transformed my body after college. I got into personal training and my body literally transformed, but it went into like almost to the point of like, I love my body so much and now I need even more attention. And it would be, I'd feel uncomfortable going, being in a bathing suit in front of my family and in front of friends and in front of friends, significant others because of how hot, honestly, how hot my body looked. And I was like, all men ashamed of that. Like I have a fucking porn star body with a thigh gap now with big titties and a nice, you know, like cellulite free ass, right? Talking about being thin in the right places and the right amount in the right places. And I found myself reversely still being ashamed. That's still that sense of, I don't know what that is. And I'd love to explore that because I find that even though I'm very happy in my body and sexually, I'm way less in my head when I'm having sex because I learn the impact of how that turns my husband off because I'm not loving myself, but there's still the shame and I don't get what that is. Um, and, and I'd love to explore that. Well, what the story tells me is that the shame has nothing to do with your body. It's nothing to do with your body at all. And like, we're just putting it, we're just putting it on the body and it's showing up in not thin enough and now it's showing up and I'm I'm bringing so much attention to my body. What I find is is that people come to me because they're binging, they're purging, they hate their body, they're obsessing, they want to get in their body, something sexually and there's always something deeper. You know, like we're yes, we're dealing with like okay, how are you going to, you know, do your food? Right. I mean, I don't talk about that a whole lot with them because there's just too much inner work to do. Right. There, and so I would just invite you, Sugar, to get quiet with yourself and ask that part of you. Feel where that shame lives in your body and ask it, what do you need? What are you afraid of? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Right. How can I help you? How can I support you to feel okay? And this, because this is my body. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that I found really helpful is in like on a day to day, moment to moment basis, being like, this is my body. I mean, I used to look in the mirror and be like, all right, this is what it is. (laughs) What am I going to do about it? I'm going out. I have my day. This is what it looks like. Right. It's like, am I going to ruin my whole fucking day because? I don't like what I look like. Like, this is just what it is. And it, it in some ways, it's just like, ugh. But it grounded me. It was like, I accepted this is what I look like. And from that acceptance, then we can make choices. Then we can make more grounded choices. But if we're just like, oh, I can't, I just don't, ah, uh, mm, right? It, we're not connected. We're not grounded in our being. And go ahead. So earlier you had mentioned something about pleasure and, and you have a pleasure plan. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we, we talked about being disconnected to our bodies. And I found that finding pleasure in my body was really key. So 
I mean, this is clit talk, right? So we're talking about <laughs> sexuality. But pleasure is not—I'm not just talking about, like, that type of pleasure or even just, like, instant gratification pleasure. Talking about the pleasure that literally ignites our intuition. It says, yes to this type of food. No to this type of food. Yes to this way my body wants to move and exercise. Yes to how I'm talking to myself. Right? And no to, that's just not serving me. So I I find that there are literally practical tools that we can use to use pleasure in our relationship with our bodies, how we talk to ourselves. And like I mentioned earlier, the whole pain model. Because we're, I mean, we are ingrained to, you know, avoid pain. That's the way our brains work, right? So that's just how we're wired. So we literally have to train ourselves to lean into pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I'm really hearing uh, surrendering to pleasure as a as a possibility for myself and what you're saying. It's so beautiful. Great. Yeah, and that's really what it is, ladies. I feel like surrender. Like I did not let go of my fight with my body and food until I finally surrendered. Even when I was better for years and years and years, I still had that that part of me that was like I was not going to surrender. I would not let my give up control over what I looked like. And when I finally surrendered and said, "Okay, I trust you, body. I trust you, God." I I have no more fight left. And I literally got my I I got a huge piece of my life and my back. I mean, and my body actually went to the body that I was fighting for all that time. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. That's how it always works. <laughs> wow. I'm um thank you so much for everything. I know that a lot of the points that you shared really made a huge difference for me, as I'm sure it did for many of our listeners. We definitely have to have you back. I'm sure all of the girls want individual coaching with you. Yes! <laughs> um, Sounds great. Just for our listeners, where can people find you? Social media, website, if people want to work with you, do you have online programs? What what, what are the best ways for people to connect, for our listeners to connect to yeah, you? Yeah, find me at loveyourbodyloveyourself.com. You can also check out thepleasureplan.org, which is my group program, which I also lead personally as well. And, you know, I'm very open to chatting with all of you. You know, send me a message, send me your concerns. You can always hop on the phone and talk. I really am so passionate about women feeling good in their bodies so we can just do the work and the service that we're here to do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Clit Talk, the Pleasure Positive Podcast. If this episode inspired you, please email us and share your story. We'd love to share them on the show anonymously, of course. As always, hit us up on our Instagram, at Clit Talk Show. And if you love Clit Talk, please subscribe and share the show with your friends. We love you, Clitorati, and we will see you next Tuesday. And now we have a very special exercise for all of our listeners. Okay, ladies, let's go ahead and close your eyes. Just want you to put one hand on your heart, maybe one hand on your pussy, wherever it feels like it wants to <clears throat> touch your body. And just get in touch with your body. Find your breath, let your breath 
Find your body and your body find your breath. And just notice how you're feeling. Notice how your body's feeling. And just that, just what we're doing right now, this alone, is a body love exercise moment. Now I want you to find a part of your body that you love, part of your body that you appreciate. Maybe a part of your body that you know is beautiful, maybe a part of your body that always shows up for you. And go ahead and just put your hand on that part of your body. And then just breathe into that part of your body and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Really giving yourself a moment to adore yourself, like that appreciation energy, bring a little smile to your face. And internally or out into the space, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then another part of your body that you love and adore. And put your hand there and just feel your hand touching that part of you. And then once again, just bringing in appreciation, connecting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now I want you to put your hand or hands on a part of your body that you do not like, part of your body that you've had shame about, a part of your body that has pain, whether it's physical pain or hasn't looked the way you wanted it to. I want you to notice how it feels to touch this part of you. And then ask this part of you how it feels. Literally ask how it feels the way you've been treating it. Does it have anything to say to you? What does it want from you? And then just notice if you have any apologies for this part of your body. Our body has so many messages to share with us. And just breathing into that. And whatever you felt is perfect. And then whenever you're ready, just gently opening your eyes. Pussy. 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 Okay, Clitorati, we have a very special guest back in the house. She is a well-known TED Talk speaker, a coach, a Reiki master, a Tantra teacher, a mother, a wife, and a former body and food obsessor. 
Um, she is the leading body image expert at the Journey Malibu and creator of Love Your Body. You heard her on the podcast before and we were so obsessed. We had to bring her back so she could personally coach each and every clit in the room. Please welcome Miss Marla Mervis Hartman. Thank you so much for having me back. Yes, we ha- we absolutely had to. <laughs> um, so I know that we're going to dive in and get each girl is going to get a little. We really wanted to have the opportunity to have some personal coaching with you. We represent a wide variety of shapes and sizes and ages. Um, but your story is really powerful. And I'd love for, to kind of start off with you sharing your own personal story to kind of open things up for us. Well, my my story started early. I was one of those very curvy, kind of sexy little girls, and I got a lot of attention on my body. Uh, adults saying like, "Oh, you got you know you're a foxy little thing," and "Oh, I want to look like you when I'm older." And that extra attention that I had on my body, I didn't really understand what to do with it. It's like, why does my body, what does my body have anything to do with me? I'm just running around being a little girl, right? So I, I got this extra attention and I had this imprint that my body matters. So as I got older and I had more attention on me because I was, you know, class president, I was the popular girl, once again, more attention, and then a lot of jealousy. I didn't really know how to deal with that. So something kicked in and I started using food. I started separating myself. Like I'm just being me. I'm just being authentically me. And it's not a safe place to be. So I started using food. I started obsessing about myself literally as a coping mechanism. And then it just skyrocketed. Being, you know, an actor and a dancer, once again, so much emphasis on my body. And then I just used it emotionally. I used it as my coping mechanism for everything, really. And I was a binger, a purger. I, I dabbled in everything. A lot of exercise bulimia and a, a lot of just obsessing and just waiting for myself. I really thought that if I got to a very, that specific weight, then I was going to be okay. Everything, my life was going to be perfect because the only thing that's wrong is, is that my body is not the right size and I'm obsessed with food. If I can just get my food controlled and my body a certain weight, then I'll just be fine. And then once I figured that out and I was that body weight, I was like, oh my gosh, my life sucks. This is the worst moment of my life that I'm finally this weight. And then I just this low weight, right? And then I just went on this journey of recovery for years. And I mentioned it when I was here the last time that it took me a long time to find surrender. But through my journey with Reiki, through my journey with finding pleasure, Tantra, reconnecting, trusting my body, you know, all these moments, my pregnancy was a huge part that turned it around for me. Um, finally can say, I like my body. I love my body. I trust my body. I have freedom with food. Like these are things that I cannot believe that I can say. And now I'm supporting women to do the same. So that's my story. All right, who wants to go first? Well, speaking of support, I'd love to get your coaching. Yes. So I 
I think it can go together. Recently had a doctor appointment. I, I uh, This is Crystal, and I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I have to see an endocrinologist every three months, three or four months, to check on my vitals and to check on my weight and to check on my hemoglobin, all this stuff. And I had to switch doctors because of my insurance. And the last three times I've gone to this new doctor, and every time she's weight shamed me. And I'm not, you know, I'm 5'10", uh, ranging between 150, 190, depending on where life is. And I've been on the higher side of that in the last couple of years. And she's constantly shaming me for my weight. And I'm like, well, that's part of why I'm here is for us to figure this out. And my last doctor visit, she literally was like, oh, well, you must have some good holidays and you must have just eaten too much. And this is all, this is all your own fault. Literally. Oh, I, I really like am doing my best to contain myself right oh, now. I filed because, a grievance with my insurance, which I didn't even know was oh, something possible. Good. Which think I had no clue that was something you could actually do. And I'm not like overweight, overweight. Like, yes, I'd love to be smaller, but you have I'm PCOS. Healthy. Yeah. I mean, if she knows anything about it, she knows that PCOS, it's challenging to lose weight. And PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome for people that don't know. Right. Uh, sorry, I wanted to put that in. And that then spirals in, and this is like another subject. Maybe it's not the best time to, to approach it, but it does spiral into, oh my God, I'm now going to be the, my body's now going to look like all the other older women in my family. They're all big and overweight. So now I'm just on track for that. Okay. Right? So this conversation turns into that conversation. It turns into that one. And it's so so her, disheartening. Her shaming you is really your own voice of shame. She's oh, just yeah. reflecting your inner voice of shame. First off, just to address her, I'm so glad you're filing a grievance. I think that is really important. And if, you, if you're if you not aware, and for our listeners, there is a whole philosophy and a whole community called Health at Every Size. And there's literally practitioners, fitness instructors, um, teachers, therapists, doctors who follow the philosophy of health at every size. So if you're looking for a doctor find someone and go under health at every size and find someone that can actually support you. That's perfect because I am looking for a doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am getting away from this person. And I thought this visit, I was like, okay, I'm going to go in and like really take control of that conversation and not, not have her do that anymore. And then she started, she didn't even say hello. That was literally the first thing she said to me was, wow, you wow. must have really enjoyed your holidays. Oh and I've been like, why am I putting on this weight? There's no reason. I've been working out like crazy. I'm watching what I'm eating. Like, and we have yeah. to realize that these health you know, physicians and these practitioners are also part of society. And they're yeah. also being inundated with everything that we're being inundated is, is like dieting is important. Being thin is important. A certain size being thin means that you're healthy. And that's not true. Like we could eat the same thing and look completely different. And that's actually what she wanted me to do. She's like, well, just send me a log of what you're eating. I'm sure you're just not eating right. Like, I'm not sending you anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I just want to hold, like, what I would love to give to you is just, like, just that we 
we all here in this room like see you, feel you, hear you, and just hold you in the fact that that happened to you. And that's just not okay. It really is not okay. And if it brought up shame and it brought up tears, and if you haven't cried over it yet, I would really recommend you do that. I haven't it, cried, but I'm talking about it, which is a you big are. For that's me. good. I don't normally do that. So. Yeah, and then just touching on your family. I mean, that is a big piece, right? Well, I'm I sure think, if I'm thinking that, other people think that. They yes, can, they're concerned about becoming their parents, Go- becoming their parents, or looking to. like their parents, or you know that fear. And we all have our certain fears right? That, that can coax us into the body, right? You know, like I don't want the, the fear of being fat, like was such a huge part of my, what was going on in my head. Right. And so the fear of looking like a family member, right. It begins to take over and then you're not listening to your body anymore. Right. So you're, you're, you're letting fear, you're letting pain guide you in your relationship with your body. You've already turned it over to your family, right? Like you need to cut the cord and be in your body. If if you don't want to be their body, if you don't want your body to be their body, then let them go. Stop thinking about it. Like really be in your body. And you can even be like their body, my body, their body, my body, my food, their food, my food, their food. Because there's times like I'll be angry at my mother for me having this body. And that's exactly not cutting it away. Uh-uh. Yeah. You got to snip that cord and just be in your body. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so I'll go next. This is Katie. Um, so as I've talked about in past episodes, I'm pregnant. I'm 16 weeks today. <laughs> And, um, and something that, I mean, I've had body image issues in the past as a competitive gymnast, but now I I am more comfortable in my body. And I had an experience a few weeks ago. Well, I wasn't interested in having sex my first trimester because I didn't feel, I didn't feel good at all. Um, when it came to my second trimester, I was like, when are we gonna like do it? You know? And, um, (laughs) and my husband was like, really had a lot of hard, had a hard time like having sex with me. And um, we had two times where it was um, unsuccessful and it was really just kind of like not a good feeling. It was just like, oh God, are we just going to have sex like six weeks after I give birth? And then, um, and then we, it caused a lot of fights and like tension between us. And, and he said something to me like, that he's just not attracted, like he doesn't find pregnancy attractive. And he's also afraid that he's going to hurt something and it's like a mental thing for him. So now I have this recurrent thing where I feel, like I already feel unattractive on a certain level just because my body's changing so much. Um, Like I'm uncomfortable, but now like that I'm not having the intimacy or the, um, the sexual pleasure connection with my husband. And I know that this is a normal thing for men that they have trouble having, like he's been watching pregnancy porn, trying to like find that. Good for him. I know he's amazing. Like my husband is incredible. So, but he's, he's, and I just, um, so anyways, that's what I'm dealing with right now. And I think it's probably pretty common for women from what I've read. Yes, because 
your husband is going through transition as well. And he and I I've heard that about men where it's like, wow, here's my here's my, you know, the woman I'm giving sex with. Now she's I'm going to be a mom. So you're literally changing roles and it's like, whoa, and your hormones are changing. Mm -hmm. So you literally are becoming a different person. So it may take a little bit of time for him to acclimate. And I, I mean, that's, that's such a painful place to be in. And I would really recommend you just be with your own pain and turn it around and be in support of him. Right. And I know that's really tricky and can be really challenging, but it's like he's actually going through something. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like he's going to be a father. Right. Right. And this is part of it. Like, his hormones are changing. Right. right. So, just like being with him and like, how can I serve you? Let's serve you. But do you know what I no, mean? Like, there, there's, there's something, there's that, something deeper that has nothing to do with your body and nothing to do with sex. It's just, there's something else going on for him, right? And he said something like that. Like, he just wants something to be about him. Mm. So, um, because it really has been all about me because yeah. I was very sick and, um, and he has been taking excellent care of me. That's and, good. um, so I haven't probably been giving him the attention that I I normally would. So then maybe that's what could happen in the bedroom is that it's about touching him, mm. you know, and even mm-hmm. having him, you know, putting a blindfold on him and having him be, you're like, <laughs> I don't, don't think that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but just doing, <laughs> Lindsay's, Lindsay's doing uh, blowjobs in, in the air. Yes. Yeah. Right? So just yeah. turning it on so he doesn't feel this pressure to show up a certain way yeah. that you're really turning him on. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'll do that. Good. I guess— Coming from, a, you know, my mother's from a different culture, which is Japan. Um, they have their own cultural issues when it comes to weight, of course. So being thin is an important part of the Asian culture as well. Um, so when you, you know, when you're younger, you hear your mother or your aunties say, oh, you look so slim or, oh, you, you're getting a little weight when you go visit them. That's like the first like unconscious thing. Right. And I was pretty thin, uh, most of my childhood and then come around 14 when I'm going into the ninth grade and I went to a new school in Denver, Colorado, uh, moving because my dad was military and I'm the new girl. So usually new girl already gets attention, but that was the year my boobs came out. And I found myself getting so much attention from boys walking up and down the hall. I could literally feel my shoulders start to cave in. And then I had a bad posture for a lot of years after that, you know, a couple of years. And my mom would always say, stand up straight, stand up straight. But I I didn't even know why I was doing it. Looking back, of course, I can see that. Um, Another incident is when I started to go to work, and I was in my early 20s, and I had a boss that was kind of coming on to me, doing a little sexual harassment. And at one point, I got so fed up, I started eating like crazy, and I think I gained like 30 pounds. 
And I knew what I was doing. It was a protective layer. Don't touch me. I'm not attractive to you. So I could see what I was doing. And then we had like dress down day, right? Back in the day, they called it dress down day. So on Fridays, you wear jeans. And he had made a mention to me at one point when I came in, like, oh, getting a little heavy, huh? And then I got so pissed that I went to Gold's Gym in Venice and got myself a trainer. And I got down to a really nice size, not just a nice size, but like muscular you know, and I was already planning to go to Hawaii. So I wanted to look good. I had a couple of babies. I gained 50 pounds with both. I lost the weight. Then I didn't, wasn't happy in my marriage. So a couple of years before I got divorced, I was heavy. The minute I got out of my marriage, all of a sudden I wasn't binge eating or, you know, emotionally eating with the chips and watching TV. And I just naturally started walking, and I immediately lost like 25 pounds after my marriage. So, you know, now at 50, almost two, actually, um, next month, um, I don't really have that many issues with my body. I feel like I'm kind of over it all. There are some things, though, that I'm more cognizant of because I am pretty thin right now. Um, And not on purpose. I don't really exercise. Um, I just eat whatever I want to eat, too. I don't eat too much. But I'm noticing things like wrinkles or a little bit sagging under the arm, you know, the butterfly wave. So some of those issues I'm starting to say, "Mm, maybe I should exercise and make it, you know, make it a little bit tighter. But to be honest, at this age, I'm, I'm kind of free in the bedroom now, you know, and I... I feel basically good about myself. Maybe part of it's I'm patting myself on the back because I'm at an age, you know, where you're supposed to not like your body because you're getting old. And I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of over some of these things that have been on me all these years. So it's really just the wrinkles. <laughs> and the butterflies. And the butterfly Well, wings. I mean, if you want to find something not to like about yourself, you're going to find it. Right. So if you're on the lookout for it, you're always going to find it. And I really appreciate you sharing your story the way you did, because I think it's really important for listeners to hear kind of the the life of a woman's story, her weight and how it goes up and down. Right. And I didn't hear there was a whole lot of shame around it. I do want to just address just violation. Right. Like we're imprinted women as a whole. We're we have this sexual violation imprinted on even it's just young boys being innocent right but there's that feeling of like don't look at me like it's not safe to be me let me put myself like this sexual harassment needing to like gain weight right mm-hmm. we're we're holding this as women and i think a, that shows up for a lot of women mm-hmm. right like sexual harassment sexual violation like all of like I've I've seen so many of my clients have had something to deal with in that in that re- regard. If there was really one thing that I wanted to, you know, hear from you yes. about would be I'm sure that while my two daughters were growing up, that I may have said things over the years because that's how I was raised. So what would you suggest now that I can do to kind of mend that? I would have a conversation about it. I mean, I'm so body image in younger kids is is just I'm so passionate about teaching mamas to like knock it off like if you want leverage to get your shit together about your body then have a child and not want to pass it down 
right? Because it will be passed down. So it's like stopping the conversation. Do not talk about your body. Do not talk about it negatively. Do not be saying things like, I can't go to the, I can't go swimming because, you know, I can't put on a bikini because my body doesn't look right. But at this point in time, it's just to have a really like real conversation, even say to them, you know, I'm thinking about it and how I brought you up and what I was going through with my body. And I just want to be really clear that I'm sorry if I put any of of my stuff around my body or the, what I was passed down to me onto you and just give them permission to be authentically them and authentically in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That was some gold right there. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Melody. And what comes up for me around body shaming, the past, probably within the past year, I've gained about 20, 25 pounds little shy of 25 pounds. And I'm so very much guilty of body shaming to the point where it's hard sometimes for me. I avoid looking in the mirror because I'm just so unhappy with the weight that I've gained. And I, what I do is I continue to eat and I punish myself. So I get upset with myself that I've gained this weight and I punish myself by eating when I don't even want to eat or eating to the point where it's painful. So this has been like many years of ever since I was younger. I do this this cycle of binge eating and then losing weight. And um, But I was doing really, really well for many years. And up until about a year ago, I just start just started gaining more and more and more and now I feel like it's the point where I'm fearful of oh my god am I gonna get any like I can't even imagine myself getting any fatter than this that's what I think to myself right um yeah I don't want to go I don't want to go anywhere I don't want to go out it's impacted my social life um it's impacted my sexual life it's impacted my relationship with my friends honestly even with my family because of this internal dialogue that I'm constantly having about not being happy where I am and that's in it trickles and it becomes in all it affects every other area of my life Right. So it's like, I'm not happy here. Then I'm not going to be happy here. And I'm not happy here. So fuck it. I'm not. Right. So it's like, it's caught, it's really propelled to become this consistent state of unhappiness and shame and disappointment. I have a lot to say about this. So you mentioned this cycle. Right. And that's what often happens. There's like why diets don't work is because it's a cycle. It's the restriction, the willpower, the restricting, dieting, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle. I'm doing it right. Right. And you're just kind of like rigid doing it. Right. And then the willpower and or something emotional comes in. And then what happens, it tips over to the other side. And then there's the binging. And then there's the discomfort with the binging. And then there's the shame. 
and the shame and the shame that like begets shame, begets shame, begets shame. And then finally something happens and we get kicked over into the diet cycle, right? Now, what's, I just want to say that like both sides, it's not like the dieting and you had your food okay on this side is any better than where you are right now, right? Let's not pretend that if you were in a smaller body, then you had something figured out, right? You are just in this side of it. And what's good about what you are is that you want to change, right? So you're hitting this low and you're finding these, this, this, this unhappiness in all these different places. You're going to make some changes, right? So it may not be back to that same body that you had when you were like, had it all together, but something's going to have to shift here, right? And what I would say is, I have a lot to say, is you don't have to like your body, but you do need to find a way to love your body. So you don't have to like what it looks like. You don't have to be content with it. You don't have to Look in the mirror and like what you see at all. But what is the next loving action you can do for yourself? Like, what would be a loving action you could do with your food, right? What would be the loving action you can do? It has nothing to do with your food, right? It's just finding a way to touch your body, bring pleasure into your body. Like, do something that is for your body that has nothing to do with your weight, and the shame piece is really like looking at that shame. And I don't, I mean, shame does not, it, it's not like it ever creates something positive, right? It creates you eating more and eating more and eating more. And that's what, you know, it, it's going to do. So when are you going to be done shaming yourself? So it's at some point, it's at some point in the cycle that you're at, there's, there's a moment in time you're like, I'm, I'm done. I don't, I, I'm making a choice to stop shaming myself. If you tip over the edge, you're just in it, right? And you're just like, whoa, I'm just like in this shame. There's no way I can get out. But there is a moment where you can and you can shift it. And that's what you have to find. And also, I'm curious, what happened a year ago? What was going on a year, year ago before that kind of catapulted you into where you are right now? That's what you want to look at. What I have found in my own journey is, is that I would go along and I would be feeling really good about my body and really okay in my body. And then all of a sudden, it's like something sideswiped me and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so disgusting. I can't even believe it. Oh my God, my rolls. I, like, like all of a sudden, just so uncomfortable in my body and then like getting out of that cycle. But when I slowed down and became really aware, I could pinpoint, oh, it happened here. It happened when I started thinking that. It happened when I was vulnerable around that. So that then when something would happen and I was like, oh, I'm vulnerable. Oh, I know what happens if I don't take care of this vulnerability. I know what happens if I don't deal with this emotional issue. I'm going to get into the cycle of hating my body and then overeating and binging. So it's really important to look at what actually has created where you are. 
And that's where you can put your attention on, is actually healing that. When you heal that and you get closer to that part of you, that's where you can love yourself more. That's where you can find so much more love for yourself, compassion for yourself. And then a lot of this is just going to take care of itself if that's where your focus is. I got that. Thank you. Very helpful. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. So this is Lindsay. For me, I... I've never been one of those girls who could eat whatever she wanted. I, the first time I recognized that I gained weight, I was in middle school. So it's been a, and it was, I went away to summer camp where I was eating like I don't normally eat at home. Like they had like candy and ice cream and sugar. And I was like, went crazy, not really thinking of it. And I didn't even notice that I had gained weight until I got home. And my parents were like, whoa. Like you gained like 20 pounds this summer and I lost it quickly. Like when I went back to, but it was the first time that I became conscious that of like my weight and realized that the next summer I went back to camp, I almost was dieting. I was eating salads and really aware and, and began, began this cycle. Um, so I've never really loved my body as you were saying with Melody I've never loved it or appreciated it and now I'm in um a relationship with an incredible man who's half Asian and can eat whatever he wants (laughs) and is thin and fit and so I find myself actually comparing myself to my boyfriend which is so weird and wanting to be we're almost the same height he's small frame man. He's like five, nine, I'm five, seven and I'm curvier and I'm, I'm wanting myself to be smaller than him. And fitness is something that's really important to him as well. So there's an element of, and he has never said this, but I'm like, I know if I don't work out and do these things, he's going to be like disappointed in me or something. But he's always said, like, I love you the way you are. Like, yes, he does want me to work out and be healthy, but it's not about my size. But for me, I'm like, it is about my size. So I find myself doing these things like eating and exercising, not for myself, but for other people to like not disappoint other people. And I'm also a performer. It's like, you cannot be big on stage. I've literally had producers tell me I was too fat and and tell me like, you'll never make it because like, you're a size eight or whatever. And I, it's like, I don't know what my happy weight is. I can't even figure out what that is because I'm trying to please everybody else. It's great that you even know that. That's a great place to start. Even the fact that you're aware that because what you have all these other voices in your head. So, I would just get really, I would get your journal out mm. and I would sit down and write all the things that you're, you think your partner is saying, all the things that your parents are saying, all the things that the producers are saying, like really just write it out, flush it all out, get it on paper, get it out of your head so you can see it and then tear it up. And then it's going to, this is going to have to be like an in the moment sort of thing for you. Or like, is that my, is that my thought or is that theirs? Do I want to do this? Do I, or, or do, do I think they want me to do this? And 
do I think they want do I think they want me to do it but or is it actually a good idea? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. Like actually exercise is a good idea for you, yeah. but because you're making it a different voice, it's not your own voice, but it's still good inspiration. So it's not like throwing it all out. So it's getting in touch with yourself. I think the more you get to know yourself and the more you're like, I'm going to make this choice for me. What can I do today that's my choice? Yeah, because it's like when I met my boyfriend, he's so fit and everything. I said, I really want to create the habit of exercise. Will you hold me accountable? And then it like somehow became, oh, he's holding me accountable because it thinks I'm fat. And he's like, <laughs> no, you asked me to do this. <laughs> like it's it's how insidious the voice is. I actually create, I get how I'm creating these situations to like prove a point that of whatever it is to myself. It's so insidious. Just sounds like you like beating yourself up. Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah. So can you stop? Yeah. Can you stop like beating yourself up? Can you notice those thoughts? Can you turn those thoughts around? Can you find a thought that would be more loving? I mean, our thoughts create our emotions and then they create our actions. So you're already in touch with the thoughts that are in your head. So if you're in touch with that, you can begin to shift those around. Well, and I just really, I like sorting out what are my thoughts and what's reality. Because <laughs> yeah. my boyfriend will grab my stomach and I'm like, why are you doing that? He's like, because I like the way it feels. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're you're calling me fat. He's like, what are you talking about? Right? It's flesh. <laughs> yeah, why like, are we so afraid of flesh? He's like, he's like, I just like it. I like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. And I just want to acknowledge one of the, something you just said, like you went to camp, you gained some weight, and then you lost the weight. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you had a moment in time. It was fun. You ate the food. Then you go back to your life. And then the weight went off. I think what happens is we have these moments in time that are fun. We're on vacation or we're doing this or we even have like a hard time, right? Like something actually come up that's emotional and we use food as a coping mechanism. And then the the emotions go away and our weight finds itself back. It's like, once again, like trusting our body. It's when we get hung up on, oh my God, I can't believe I, I can't believe I gained weight. It's like, no, it's just what the body's doing. Mm. It will find itself back. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That was super powerful. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, really just giving your your wisdom and your time. I know you made a huge difference for everyone in this room and I'm sure for a lot of people out there listening right now um for those listeners what is the best way for them to connect you social media website if they want to work with you how do people find you yes so you can email me at marla at loveyourbodyloveyourself.com and you can find my website loveyourbodyloveyourself.com and just please reach out to me let me know how i can help you and support you it's really as women we need to come together to like lift each other up. And that's what I'm here to help people do. Awesome. Thank you so much. Pussy. 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 Pussy.